This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hey man, we did it. We made Grand, it. Grand Final Eve. It's Grand Final Eve. How do you like to celebrate Grand Final Eve? Uh, I'm going to drink some beer and then I'm yeah. going to watch some soccer and then I'm going to drink some more beer whilst watching some other televised sports and also probably some replays of previous rugby league games. Yeah, that's a good, that's a pretty, that's as a good a preparation as you can ask for. I like to text a lot of my friends the names of random rugby league players from the past from each participating team. Mm. So I like to send someone a message saying, you know, Joel Moon could have played Origin. He was just unlucky. Yep. Or remember the Luke Welsh bomb squad Panthers. What a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the good stuff. There's also the, the, the proud grand final weekend tradition of if you're at a pub, walking past a TV while the AFL's on and going, oh, the X are winning. Not sit- <laughs> but not sitting down to watch. Not sitting down. Just, just go, to the, go to the pub and make a big show that you're not watching. Stand oh, are you, you all the watching the AFL, are you? It. I'm here and you just pull out a giant book. Yeah. Sit right You know my front. favorite grand final? Books. Yeah, and not, not the cool kind about sports. The boring <laughs> kind about history. But uh, it's Penrith who have the chance to make history, Nicholas, becoming the first team in the NRL era to win three grand finals in a row. The first since the Parramatta Eels did it in the 80s of, uh, uh, in, in the history, of, in the whole of this this great game's uh, top flight. But yes, yeah, since it became the NRL, there's no team that's done it more than twice and they have a red hot chance of doing it. They are the favourites. They are the team, which is interestingly, I think, because we often see the reverse where the, the, the new kid on the block gets all the media hype going into the big game. But... For me, just I mean, I haven't consumed as much content to say a Martin Gabor type would have this this weekend in terms of other stuff that's not ours. But from the stuff I have seen, it does seem like a lot of the neutral energy and a lot of the uh, big brain energy from the people that get paid to talk about these things and write about these things, it's all going towards Penrith. Yeah, yeah, that has surprised me a little bit. Um, but I think a lot of that is based on not so much analysis of the two teams, but more just of some of that hoary old grand final wisdom that always comes to the fore this time of year. You know, you've got to lose one to win one and or they just don't have the big game experience. And Which of those two tropes that we both hate do you hate more? Um, I think lose one to win one is worse because I do think there is an element of truth to the big game experience one, like not to the extent that some people carry on about, but I think it does maybe matter a little bit, whereas lose one to win one makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I'm not. I it doesn't offend me as much as it does you, mm. but I I also do not like it. But I, I'm and I'm surprised that that sort of has been the talk this week because as we said on the Broncos preview, I think both of these teams' strengths are aimed directly at the other's strengths. You know, and it's a fascinating clash of styles in that you've got Penrith who are so consistent through the eighty minutes, and you've got Brisbane who have these incredible peaks that aren't sustainable, but for they can do it for 10 minutes at a time and and, and that can maybe win them a game against absolutely anybody. You know, and I think from a just a pure footballing perspective, we could be in for one of the great grand finals. You know, I can't remember a grand final that's got had so many people hyped up, not because of the emotional stakes, but just because of the footy stakes. Like Brisbane and Penrith are probably not teams that a lot of neutrals would gravitate towards 
for their personalities because a lot of people don't like Penrith's sort of brashness and Brisbane have a little bit about them as well. But I just think from a footy perspective, everyone's mm. really excited about this one. I think like the idea of just seeing the fast, flashy, like incredibly exhilarating Broncos up against the Stone Cold Panthers is a, a brilliant clash of styles. You know, and you can like you can make a strong case for either team really getting their game on and 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 going to work with it. But those are the best grand finals of all when you're going into it and you and you can see a path, a clear path to victory for both teams. That's usually when we get the classics. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think if people can leave their uh, distaste for either Penrith's players or their fan base and their historical dislike of Brisbane at the door, I think I agree. I think we could be in for a, a massive grand final. I think there's really only two ways it goes. Like I can't see Brisbane blowing the doors off Penrith. I can see. I could see the reverse happening in, in an unideal world, but I think most likely we're going to see a pretty close and entertaining game. But I think that if one team were to run away with it, I think that you'd have to you'd have to pick Penrith in that in that scenario. But I really hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that we get a great game, especially after last week we got two pretty mediocre prelims from a from a contest point of view. But for for you, what is? I mean, we talked we talked a lot of this stuff with both Jasper and Mitch earlier this week, but. What to you is Brisbane's biggest strength and what is the thing that they can do that, say, Parramatta and Souths couldn't do in the last two years to get at this impenetrable force that is Penrith? Well, if, if we were to take two lessons from that Para team that lost and that South team that lost, Parramatta just didn't get their game on. They did not play the way that they had played in the past that had troubled Penrith. You know, the things they'd done in the past that had troubled Penrith were offloads and a lot of early spreads and unorthodox shit that Penrith can't prepare for. Because if you just come at Penrith with a bunch of nice set plays that they've seen a hundred times, they're going to chew you up and spit you out. You know, I, I think back in, in that, in that Parramatta grand final, they went for an early kick around halfway. It was Brown kicking for Moses and it didn't work, but it was the sort of thing that I think they needed to do more often. But after that, they just couldn't sustain it. They couldn't, they weren't uh, able to compete with the Panthers physically and the Panthers bashed them out of the game, put on a bunch of points and, and Parra just weren't able to stay on the job. You compare that to South the previous year who were able to stay on the job for nearly the entire match but then blinked once at the worst possible moment and kind of got, gave the game away a little bit. So I think the two things that Brisbane, the two lessons that I would want Brisbane to take from those sorts of games, even though it's two very different Penrith teams that, that won those grand finals, I think the principles of Penrith's play is still pretty similar. Like you've got to get your game on. You've got to play your footy. Don't go set for set with these pricks mm. because if you do, you'll never ever beat them. And you just can't, you can't give them anything. You can't make it easy for them. And that does give me a little bit of pause with Brisbane because they are a team that can make errors. They're not afraid of making errors. Um, and that's a, a great strength of theirs. And I think that can help them break down Penrith's defense because they are willing to try unorthodox stuff. But I can also see that tipping over the edge and yep. them giving Penrith, you know, cheap yardage and if, if they make if Brisbane make errors on exit sets and if they just hand if they hand Penrith the the if they hand Penrith too much Penrith are going to take it and more you know but I think the strength of Brisbane's play the thing that makes me think they are going to give Penrith a whole lot of trouble is the speed of their play you know and 
that when that when they're playing really fast, they they play just about as fast as any team I've ever seen in my entire mm-hmm. life, and that's summed up in Reese Walsh. But it's something that goes across the entire squad, and I think the Broncos are going to want to play this one at like a breakneck pace, and I think Penrith are going to want to slow it down as much as they can. And whichever team has more success in in implementing their speed of play on the game is probably going to win. Mm. Yeah, and I, I I will say I think that I agree I agree with everything you just said. I think that Brisbane with the forwards they have are better equipped to deal with that grind than any other team that we've seen. But that's not to say that they should do it because I completely agree. Their their best chance of winning this game is is playing them out wide, getting a lot of early ball. And we talked for twenty minutes about Reese Walsh yesterday. Like that guy is so important to everything that they do. But he's not the only guy there that can kill you. He's not the only guy that can create something out of nothing. They've got a team full of outside backs that can do that. And I think that that is more than anything else, besides having two incredibly good middle forwards, which Brisbane also happen to have, that is the most important thing that you need in order to sort of break this impenetrability that Penrith have built over three years. Yeah, for, for me, like I'm not remotely concerned about Brisbane's back three def- like defensively, but I do. I am curious to see what they Penrith do in terms of their game plan with their kicking. Like if you remember 2021, like Cleary absolutely terrorized Blake Taft. I wonder if they'll look at like Jesse Arthurs or someone who, who doesn't hasn't got a lot of first grade experience, hasn't played in a lot of those big games. I wonder if they'll think about targeting him. He stood up to the challenge for the most part this year, but he did have that bad drop early in that Warriors game last week, if you remember. So maybe that's maybe that's what the maybe that's what the Panthers do in terms of the in terms of the kicking attack. We know that they can, if they want to, kick someone to death and really target someone and really go at them. But we'll see what happens because on the other side as well, obviously, Selwyn Cobb is an insanely talented footballer, but he does have an error in him too. So it'll be really interesting to see how Penrith balance their kicking game. What do you think they're more likely to do? I think it's going to be bombs away. Mm. Um, and it was funny. I, I watched Brisbane train the other day. They were up at Leichhardt and I went down just to have a look. And it's a mistake to look at what they're doing and training and think, well, this is definitely what they're going to do in the game. But they did. I did, I did see... Walsh and Reynolds practicing bombing to their left. So what that would be the Panthers, right? A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And they, I think they're going to try and really put it on Brian Toa as much as they can to try and create a bit of an aerial contest. I think Taruva is a little bit too safe for that sort of stuff. Friend of the show, Scott Bailey dug up a fantastic stat. The first time that Sonia Taruva failed to defuse a kick this year was round 25. Is that good? It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that's what Brisbane are going to try and do. And I think you're right in that Penrith are probably going to focus most of the kicking maybe towards Arthur because they, they're going to think they can rattle him a little bit and they might they might, they might might think he's not as good in yardage. But they don't. But Brisbane don't really rely on Arthur's for their yardage. They kind of get Farnworth to do that. Farnworth, I think, is a top 10 in the league for, for run meters this year. He's been yep. exceptional um, out of his own end. And I, I think that's a that's a strategy that, that the Panthers are going to pursue which is the same way they shut down south city in 2021 it's sort of the it's sort of their mo when they take on a a really dazzling attacking side is just pin them down in their own net make them do the hard stuff over and over and over again and they sort of bet that they can grind them down and knock out mistakes and stop that side from getting their attacking class together and i think that works against a lot of teams a lot of the like defense wins premierships is a stupid cliche until it, until it's true, mm. you know? And I think most of the time when it's a great defensive team up against a great attacking team in a big game, you should always favor the defensive team because 
it's just easier to get that going in a big game because it's based on effort and energy and, and communication. And you can just do those things. You're not, you're not relying on passes sticking and guys being where they're supposed to be. It's like if, if, if the individuals are all fired up, the defense will work. But mm. I think Brisbane's attack is so varied and so versatile across the park. Like you were talking about before that I, 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 I actually, I actually, I favor their, I favor their attack against Penrith's defense in, in, in that sort of showdown, you know, and it's tough to get sparkling attack going in a grand final, but I think they're going to be able to do it, you know, not for the 80 minutes, but for, I think for enough times to make it count, I think they're going to be able to put it all together. Like if you're looking at that Penrith defense, like what are the spots that you reckon that, that Brizzy can get them? Like there's not many weaknesses, but are there any like places that aren't as strong that you want to see him try and kick the door down a bit? Yeah, I, I think it's it's just those little gaps in between the centers and the back rowers. I think Liam Martin is a fantastic player, but he's had some misses in origin and he of course had that big miss on Cody Walker in the grand final a couple of years ago. Like that, 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 that's an area that they can go at. Um, I think that that's, it's, it's just really nitpicking at this point, aren't you, with these guys? Like, there's not a whole lot of weaknesses, but I think just a couple of passes wide in between, just in that center and back row gaps that they have, like maybe that is probably your best port of call. And Reese Walsh has made a shitload of breaks going through sort of like those middle parts of the field all year. So I think that is an area that they'll look to exploit. And it's tough to really, that terrific that blew my mind, by the way. Like, that it's is crazy, absolutely yeah. ridiculous that, like, not only are you just this unstoppable rugby league machine for like three years, like guys leave and guys leave and they go, oh, gee, who are they going to replace X with and who are they going to replace Y? They get this dude in and he's just been not as devastating with the ball in hand or in yardage as Toto, but defensively just so solid, so safe and like a very talented player with the ball as well. So it, 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 the, the weaknesses are few and far between, but I think that, 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 that those little gaps there just outside the back rollers might be something that Brisbane could find a bit of joy in like Penrith's middle is so stout but again we did see from time to time especially when Kenny goes off they, they, they do kind of have a miss in them potentially in that middle of the field like when, they, when they've got that hooker rotation going and he's not in the field because he has been such a good defender for them this year so it we'll see how many minutes he plays I have, I'll, I'll quickly pull that up but from memory he's been playing like what like about like I think he played the full game last week, right? Even though, like, about a minute in, you were like, oh, shit, his shoulder's gone. <laughs> and he just played. <laughs> yeah. I just noticed that he hurt yeah. his shoulder. He looked he was bad, right? His shoulder he, a little he's bit. holding his shoulder. We're like, oh, Jesus, he's in trouble. And then he <laughs> played the whole fucking game. It's like, Jesus Christ. These people, these guys are incredible. But yeah, he's been, I think, averaging like 65, 70 minutes a game anyway. So there's not really enough of a window to get at them in that, in that time period either. So it's really tough, man. It is really tough, but I think, yeah, maybe going at Martin and Sorensen a little bit might, might be their best port of call, but it's not like that's, it's not like that's, I'm not talking about those dudes. Like it's like the Matt Moylan motorway. It, this is literally like splitting hairs between like <laughs> running at the, the densest metal in the world and like the third densest metal in the world. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not an easy task to do, but yeah. I think that is probably something they can look at. If I was a Panthers fan, the, the, the form of Isaac Tungo in the prelim would worry me a little bit. Um, I thought he looked a little bit underdone. He got brushed off by Olam for that try. They created another couple of chances around him and and just weren't quite able to finish it. And it's not because Tungo's a bad defender or anything. He's quite a strong defender. Like from his back row days, he can put a shot on. But it's because he's coming back from uh, a pec injury. And a good friend, Brian Sini from NRL Physio, had a really good explanation for this after the game. So apparently the sort of pec injury that he has really affects his grip strength. Mm. So, and if you look at the tackle on Olam again, 
it's not it's not like he's come in with his shoulder and and cracked him. Like Olam's on his outside and Tungo's gone to, you know, put the clamps on him and his grip just hasn't been strong enough and Olam was able to brush through, you know. Tungo will be better for the run, of course. But just a, a, a tiny little thing like that against a center like like Herbie Farnworth, who is so, so powerful and explosive as a runner, that like if I was a Panthers fan, that's something I'd be it'd be in the back of my mind, certainly. Yeah, that's super interesting. Like, and shout out Brian for all all he does for us and the rugby league community at large. But yeah, that that is a really intriguing sub point as well. He hasn't been great since he came back, but yeah, again, it, it, if that's their biggest, which center is marking up on him again? Farnworth. Yeah, so that's, I mean that that's that that's tasty for Brisbane. I think like Farnworth's been, as you said, I think you said the other day, he's the, he leads all centers in the league in yardage this year. So. That could be a really good building block for them if they're struggling on out of their own end, or if they if they a little half break down that down that side to get them going early in a set. I think that 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 could be something that works for them too. But it's it's interesting. We talked a lot about Payne Haas and Patrick Carrigan yesterday. How do you think? Uh, and we discussed with Mitch about how how those dudes basically decide when they want to come off and all that stuff. And if you haven't heard our Broncos preview, you go back and listen to it. Super interesting stuff. But what do you think Brisbane are going to do to try and sort of? I guess nullify the 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 strength of Penrith's team, which is of course that forward back. They got to play fast. They got to mm. play super super quick. They've sort of got a. Even though Brisbane's physicality in the middle with Haas and Flegler is a strength, I think the more that they can reduce the impact of that forward battle, the better it'll be for them. You know. And we, we sort of said on the Broncos show yesterday, Mitch was saying that he wouldn't be surprised if Haas or Carrigan mm-hmm. plays 80. And I think that there's a chance that happens. But I also reckon that if the game goes Brisbane's way and they play as fast as they want to, it mo- it's probably not possible for those two blokes to to play 80. You know what I mean? Like, they've got... They've got I, I want to see him play at like a Vlando ball type pace. I want to I want to see him play... As, as quick as they possibly can, because as good as Moses Leiter and James Fisher Harris and Isaiah Eon Spencer Lenu all are, if the game, if the game is fast and open and free flowing, the impact of those blokes just gets reduced a little bit. And I beating Penrith is really difficult, but I think the first step has to be not even winning the forward battle, but lowering the stakes in the forward battle. Mm. You know what I mean? Taking the sting out of it. Do not turn this into a fight in the gutter. Because maybe Brisbane can win a game like that, but that style certainly favors Penrith's play a lot more, I think. So the the, the way I think to to for the Broncos to to win that middle battle is to make it less of a battle. To, you know, low 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 lower the stakes mm. as much as you can, you know, as much of a strength of of theirs as it is. So what I would want is I would want a lot of passing from from Pat Carrigan. I think I sort of said last week that um you know, in in that war in that Warriors game, maybe put the passes away, maybe beat them up a little bit in the middle. This is this is different. You know, I want Pat, I want Carrigan passing, I want Haas passing a little bit. I want to stretch Penrith as much as you can, and I want to test them more on the on the edges of the ruck, not at the A defender or the B defender, like the C defender. You know what I mean? Don't get don't get caught um, in the in the in the tram lines in the middle of the field. You know. Get the ball or pass it too wide. Get Haas running a pass or two wide, which is something he did to great effect at the start of the season that he's kind of gone away from a little bit. He's been playing a lot tighter, I think, over the back half of the season. But I want to see him running wide. I want to see him picking out someone like Jerome Luai, 
getting the ball two yeah. passes wide and just trying to like absolutely wreck his shit, you know? Mm. We haven't talked about Luai at all. A guy who has been so important to that Penrith machine over the, over the last couple of years um, and who hasn't played a great deal of footy in the last couple of months. I thought he looked fine last week. I didn't think he set the world on fire, but I thought he didn't look anywhere near as sort of noticeably without footy as Tungo did. Yeah, no, I thought he looked fine. I thought he connected with Cleary uh, really, really well. And that connection between Luai and Cleary, which we've seen so much of it at state and club level over these Last couple of years, I think that's a a, key, a real key to victory for, for for Penrith because in the attacking 20, a lot of the time they can rely on like blunt force stuff to get it done. And I don't know if that'll work against the Broncos. I think they are going to have to throw shape at them. They're going to have to make guys make decisions. And the best way for them to do that is when Lu, Luai and Cleary are connecting like they did for the Taruva try um, last week. And I think the other thing that I think Penrith will look to really strike with in the attacking 20 is they've been running this very particular pattern down the right-hand side a fair bit this se- a fair bit this season where it's Martin and it's um uh I think well it's Tungo out there now but it's Martin and it's Tungo and it's Tar and it's like, everybody just that it's 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 a bit of a just a variation on your standard second man play I think it's Tungo runs an unders line Martin comes back inside um Edwards is out the back for the tip on the tile if it's there. And that's sort of the pattern that got him. I think it got him all three try, all three of Toto's tries last week. It's something that they return to a lot in big games. I think it's an attacking structure that they're really, really comfortable with. And I think they'll sort of back themselves to kind of get that right more yeah. often than not. So I think that's something Penrith will go to pretty much every time they get good ball, they get Luai and Cleary connecting mm. sometimes off of Yo, and they'll always be looking to set up that, that sort of right side pattern, you know? Yeah. And it, it's interesting with Penrith. I think I was reading today, someone said that their inside 10 meter attack is actually below league average, but because they get so many chances down there, it just doesn't matter. What does Brisbane have to do to prevent Penrith from getting down there and sort of, yeah, having these shots at their goal line. Because Brisbane's defense on the goal line has been quite good. It's this really year. strong, yeah. Really, really good. But what 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 are they like if they if they limit if they sort of have the same number of attacking raids, I think Brisbane are a red hot chance to win this game. But if they give Penrith chance after chance after chance, the levy will break at some point. So how do they how do they keep the ball out of this area of the field? It sounds so dumb, but you just can't give it to them cheaply. You've got to make them work for it. Like okay. errors are fine. Don't make them in your own half, whatever you do. You know, like if you spear a pass over the sideline on the when you're on the attacking twenty, that's okay. Yeah, but kick returns, you like you're gonna have to be perfect. Transitioning from defense to attack, you're gonna have to be perfect. Exit sets, you're gonna have you're gonna have to be close to perfect. Don't give it to them. Don't give it to them because they're good enough to just take it, even if you don't give it to them. Mm. So don't hand it to them. Don't make it easy for them. You know, as uh, as Poppy Bungard says to me every single time, South make an error out of their own end. You've got to hold on to the bloody ball, Matthew. And he's right. You do have to hold on to the bloody ball. Said it all. But where's his where's his parade? I ask you. That's true. One of the game's great thinkers. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, it's um because I feel like that if 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 this game is hangs in the balance and Brisbane get a couple of late shots, they can win this. And it's interesting because we both agree that fast, 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 fast is the way that they win this game. Like keep the pedal down the whole time, keep the pressure on. But I also, mate, I wonder like, is it perhaps better for them to try and keep it just sort of in the balance and then with 20 to go, just strike with a couple of quick 
rapid tries because that that's a game plan that they've had a couple of times here that's what they did against your boys earlier this year if you remember in that game down in canberra like it was a game that was seesawing back and forth and then with 20 to go they just said we've got another gear if you can match us good luck to you let's see what happens and i'm just wondering that in attack as great as this Penrith machine is i don't think that they have that gear that a uh, that reese walsh being shot out of a cannon with ezra mam on his inside and adam reynolds dictating everything and all these outside backs flying around with with you know with these fucking behemoth forwards all sprinting down the field. I don't know if Penrith have that gear in attack to go with Brisbane. So I wonder if it's almost a strategy that they might consider sort of not throwing the ball around all that much in the first 20 minutes and instead sort of waiting a little bit longer to sort of release their full bag of tricks. I understand where you're coming from. Penrith, Penrith's attack is not as dynamic as Brisbane, but Penrith's attack is extremely powerful yes and like power strength that's the that's kind of the run the football yeah that's the four mark of everything they do i understand that sort of plan you're talking about but i would not want to approach it that way if i was brisbane because penrith are such good front runners Mm, once they're on top it is so fucking hard to move them you know and and if 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 they do get into a good position it's so natural for them to just clamp things down, be really good in yardage, clear kicks to the corners, and then they come down and smash you, and they just do it over and 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 over again. You know? What about after that? Well, then they win. And they win. That's how it happens. Fantastic. Yeah. So I think... You're right. They do win. They do win a lot. I think Penrith are going to come out and start really really fast that's mm. been a real hallmark of them in big games over the last couple of years they they invariably come out with a really really physical opening 20 think about the grand final last year think about how leota and fisher harris and yo and even mitch kenny were just out like killing mm. people you know i think they're gonna do a similar thing here i think they're gonna come out like a pack like a pack of crazed dogs fighting over meat like it's gonna I think it's going to be a real, real torrid opening 15, 20 minutes. And I think if Brisbane can can wear that, if they can wear that first punch, I think the longer the game goes, the more it'll bend towards them. But the crucial thing, the crucial thing is in that opening 20 minutes, after that 20 minutes, they're still got to be on their feet. If they're down by 16 points or whatever, then you can just about wrap it up. Mm. But if it's, if it's a six-point lead to the Panthers, then it's game on. You know, and Brisbane have the capabilities that maybe it's maybe it's not six all at all. Maybe it's still nil, or maybe it's you know two nil or something like that. Mm. I I have full confidence that this Brisbane team can wear that first punch, but that's crucial. If they do that, then I think the longer the game goes, the more it opens up, the more fatigue comes into things, the more I think the game can bend towards Brisbane. But they mm. have to wear that first punch. They have to. If they get knocked off their feet, then they might not get back up again. Yeah, I was, thinking, I was looking back at their the their finals games across the three years, and basically in all of them except for that prelim last year where South got that sort of had everything go their way in the first twenty and got out to that hot hot start. Apart from that game, they've either scored in the first five minutes or they've scored in the first fifteen minutes in or in every single other one of those games. So that they are fast starters in these games for in a way that they're not always in, in the regular season. Like they often ease their way into those games in the regular season. We see we've seen them do that a thousand times, but. They always start fast in these games. It was only a week ago we were there that Brian Toto scored in the corner. Well, after what two and a half minutes? So um, I believe it was actually two minutes before the game began. Oh, they were just they were just ready. 
from from <laughs> they went onside kick they were ready to go but yeah no like they, they are fast starters in these games and it's it's quite funny and it's it's really interesting how they manage everything that they do across a season to build up to these moments like you remember that kick play they did in that prelim against melbourne they sat on that play all year before they unloaded it when they really really needed it in that 2021 prelim and that and, was um, something that they spotted in a game that they weren't even playing in. yeah exactly it was it was it was garbage time of a game the roosters played about six months before and they just yep. kept it in there and they just waited for the opportune time to use it oh that there might be a similar thing going with this one uh i think they're really going to target kurt capewell I think they won't have forgotten at the start of the year some of the really poor defensive efforts that he had, especially when he had to make decisions on decisions and effort on effort. And that sort of right side shift that I was talking about, I think a lot of that is going to be based around making Cape Kurtwell. Cape <laughs> Kurtwell is in. Well, there's the name of the episode. Yeah. Cape wow, Kurtwell. Great, Nick. I love yeah. that. Making him make decisions, making him go effort on effort on effort. You mm. know, I think they're going to look at their old compadre and think, mate, like m- there's something there that we can really pull apart a little bit. You know? Yeah, for sure, mate. And it's it's funny, like everything that you talk about Toto before and how that uh, how that structure they do to the right is always there when they need it. I feel like if they wanted to in the regular season, he could put up Alex Johnston numbers, and he still scores quite a lot of tries. But he doesn't get anywhere near the level that he could if they really, really wanted to put these teams to the sword. Well, part of that is because he's always switching sides. Well, that's you know? it. I, I love that about Penn. I love the versatility that they have in their in their two to five. But you know, Crichton can play both sides and has. He can play center and wing in grand finals, and he has. You know, Toto's played on the played on both sides of the field in grand finals as well. And you say like he could put up Alex Johnson numbers. He has scored in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He scored it in ten of his last eleven games. Yeah. And that's with one, two, three, four, five times where he scored two tries or more. So he's, he is putting up Alex Johnson is, numbers. Yeah. So the back second half of the season, he has been putting up Alex Johnson numbers. Mm-hmm. He's such pretty a good much, player. you know. Yeah, I love him. He's fantastic. He, of 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 this whole Panthers crew, he's my he's my favorite. I think he's easily the, he's definitely the easiest to like. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, him and Edwards so underrated. So. <laughs> no, no, we declared um we we. Outlawed the Dylan Edwards underrated talk. Am I going we, to footy? Am we, I going? We looked it in the eye and we said no more. Well, sorry, ESPN. Matt Bungard's going to footy jail. He won't be able to. <laughs> he won't be able Lock to cover the up. big game. But um, yeah. Uh, shall we predict the game? Let's. You want to go first? Sure. Um, you know how every year we get caught up, like in the preseason previews. How, like, the, I mean. And like whoever speaks to us last is like, well, like, yeah, that guy's right. So all week I was like, yeah, Penrith's going to win. Penrith's going to win. But then Mitch was the last oh, person Mitch I spoke to. <laughs> so I'm going to say that Brisbane are going to win this game 22 to 20. And it's going to be 20 all. So it's going to be, sorry, it's going to be 20 to 16 Penrith with a minute to go. <laughs> and Brisbane are going to score in the corner. And Adam Reynolds is going to exercise every demon. He's going to right every wrong and he's going to bang it over from the sideline. And then and he's going to look directly win. up to the press box and say, I love you, Matt. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to go. Who's, that, who's, score, who's scoring that winning try? Uh, it's going to be, it has to be Jesse Arthur's. It has to be in the same spot. It has to be in the same spot. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say they'll score on the, I'm going to, I'm going to go Stephen Crichton first try. Adam Reynolds, Clive Churchill medalist. Okay. Okay. Nice. I, a few weeks ago, I 
It was, it was before I even, it was before I even came back. It was when I was still in America and it was a couple of weeks before the, before the finals. And I was just catching up on some of the footy, watching some KO mini replays. And I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how I can't pinpoint what it was, but I started thinking this like, yeah, this is going to be Brisbane's time. Mm. And I'm not going away from that now. I think Brisbane's going to win as well. Um, it won't be easy. I think it'll take an extraordinary effort on their part, but I think this is a team with extraordinary things in them. And I think Penrith probably start the start faster. And it wouldn't surprise me if if that shape, if that shape on the right side works for them really well, Toll gets over or something like that. If you want like an absolute roughie as a first try scorer, I think Walsh is a great bet for the Broncos. Cause I think their instinct is going to be to attack from deep early. And I can see one of their right side shifts, starting a break and Walsh backing up on the inside and scoring. Like I can, I can see that happening as when I, when I close my eyes, mm. but I think Penrith will start the faster. And I think Brisbane will work their way back into the game slowly, slowly, slowly. And I think eventually at some point Penrith are going to have a little bit of fatigue in them and Brisbane are going to find one of those five minute patches where it looks like they can walk on water. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to get them. And I think they're going to win. Let's say, 20 points, 21, 14. Nice. And I'll go, I, I think, I think Walsh, throwing three t- is Walsh throwing three touchdown passes in a 21, 14 win <laughs> uh, over the Buffalo Thanks Bills. Thanks to Walsh's patented last second magic. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think Reese Walsh wins the Clive Churchill medal. And, I, mm. I, and that doesn't mean he'll be the best player, but I think the type of game that Brisbane need to win and the type of game I think they're going to play so much of what they do is going to run through him and he's going to be so important. It wouldn't surprise me if he sets, if Brisbane scores three tries and he sets all of them up or if he scores one of them, sets up the other two. Who's your first try score? Uh, I kind of hedged it. I said Toff for the Panthers and okay. Walsh yeah. for okay. the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I like the Walsh shout, as you just said, is a roughie. I like it. Don't mind yeah. that. Don't mind that at all. And if you want, if you want a Clive Churchill roughie, if you're not on Billy Walters. Yeah, you have to be. We're all on Billy Walters. Got to get on Billy Walters. That's the people's selection. It is. And That's the get, people's selection. Why? Get, it doesn't um, matter. Just they're get, get Because Rod Churchill won't be there. They're going to get both Kerrod and Steve Walters to present the medal <laughs> to Billy Walters. Um, what a dream. They still haven't announced that, have they? Who's I, the I, I don't think so. I know. Maybe it's me and you. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. See. Do you think Do you think as I hand it to Billy Walters, he'll punch me in the face for tipping Brisbane to finish 10th? Uh, he might. No, he'll forgive you. He'll give you a little high. He'll give, he will, he, he'll, he will he'll give you a little hair toss about Campo. He'll you forgive little me. scamp. Walsh probably won't. He'll say something about my mother. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get to talk about that yesterday for obvious reasons. But man, I have a very clear take on that. And my take is that it's funny. Yeah, I'm with you. It was uh, funny. God, I wrote this yesterday uh, online. I said, um, if this offends you, go read a book on Sunday instead of watching the grand final. Like, honestly. like. Well, if you see the video, it's very clear the kid's baiting him. Yeah. And if you bait someone, the kid would have loved it. I couldn't yeah. buy that article. That's exactly oh, the, what he the, wanted. Why do you the think the kid he was, was clearly it? offended? It's like, was he? He looked like he was yeah. just. Oh, why do you think? Shit, the, I can't why do you think the kid? Actually... Why do you think the kid was filming it? The kid I'm was so... filming it because he wanted a reaction. I'll tell you exactly what he wanted. When I was a ratbag fourteen-year-old, we went to that exact fan fest in 05, Me and a couple of mates who were West Tigers fans, and I chucked a foam footy at Sterling Mortlock's head. And if he turned around and punched me in the face, I would have deserved it. Some so, say the decline of Australian rugby began that day. Some do say that. Um, so if I if he turned around and punched me in the face, I would have deserved it. I wouldn't have complained. Um, but you know, that's this. This is the smartphone era that we live in, Nicholas. We can't. You can't. You can't peg footies at people anymore, or or, or say that 
Moses Leota's going to rip their heads off without reprisal. So we used to we used to be a real country, but also like again, we used like, to build things. We, we did. The, the the kid is a little smartass. Reese Walsh is a little smartass, and I, as one of the nation's predominant little smartasses, <laughs> can tell you that like it's just a couple of smartasses chirping each other. No one got hurt. A bit of fun. And if that's literally the biggest scandal they've come up with in, re- in grand final week, honestly, we've had a good week, Nick. Yeah. We've had a good week. I, I liked I liked Kevy's quote where he said, you can take the boy out of Nerang, but you can't take the Nerang out of the boy. Have you ever been yeah. to Nerang? No, it sounds awful. So it's in like the Gold Coast hinterland. I was like- Compared to Nag- a Campbelltown suburb that I would be familiar with. It, it, it's not really like a Campbelltown suburb. It's like Thelmy or something like okay. that. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was I was staying a couple of towns over after Magic Round. I always like to take a little bit of time time off. Let the magic, magic uh, seep away naturally. Yeah, yeah, just to just to like dry out pretty much. Um, and one day I was just sort of like cruising around. I drove down to the beach and I saw the sign to Nering and I thought I'll just cruise through, have a look at it. And like, yeah, it's just like a it's just like a, it's a roughneck country town, bro. You know, like people see Reese Walsh, they think he's, you know, he's pretty, so he must be fancy and he must be city and he must be soft. He's not, bro. Like he's a he's a shit kicker from a shit kicker town. And if you come at him, he's gonna say something about your mum. Like, uh, it's, by the way, it still plays undefeated. Undefeated is an insult. You can't. Like, you, can't you can't. There's no like, going there's, back from it. There's nothing that it can't beat. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing true. your mum can't be. Exactly. Like, you know what what mean, am I supposed like... to say now? What am I supposed to say to that? Exactly. There's no yeah. there's no coming back from that. Check yeah. and mate. <sighs> yeah. Uh it's gonna be a great game. I'm so I just want a good game, Nick. I just want a good like last year's yeah. grandfather sucked. Both prelims were train wrecks. Like, let's just have a good game of footy. Come I think on. we're gonna get one. I think we're gonna get Come one. On. And um Please. I can see I can see a way for both teams to win, but in the end I don't think Penrith are gonna be able to contain Brisbane for the full eighty minutes. Mm. And that's why I'm that's why I'm going Brisbane, but oh. could easily see Penrith getting up. That's the good stuff. Mm. We're on the raggedy edge here, son. Don't push me, and I won't push you. Mm. Oh, one, one more thing from yesterday, by the way. Did you see that? Um, <laughs> did you see that the West Tigers had their grand final luncheon at the ICC in Sydney? And did you see what else was on at the same place? What else was on at the same place? <laughs> the New South Wales Voluntary Assisted Dying Conference. I was down at uh, Great West Tigers Pub, the Orange Grove Hotel, mm. when that came through. I was going up to random tables and showing it to people. Yeah, we're all good. Tigers fans. I'm gl- yeah, I burst out laughing when Sam, friend of the show, showed me that photo. Like I was laughing uncontrollably. Oh, that could not happen to any other club. No, nah, no, nah, just couldn't. Poor buggers. Uh, all right, let's move on. Two more games to talk about. Uh, we've got the NRLW Grand Final at three fifty-five PM. The second game on the day. We're working our way backwards, mainly because you know the third game. What are we going to say about the East Tigers? I'm not going to say much about the East Tigers, but I got a little bit to say about the Knights and the Titans. I was there last week because they caused. A boil over their forward pack was incredibly physical. They've stuck to the assignment. And they're going to have to do more of the same this week because this is a Knights team that, much like that Roosters team, has plenty of points in them. And you, you basically have to be on your A game from minute one if you want to stop. You, you do, but I, I think the Titans sort of showed the blueprint to beat these Knights in the same way that they beat the Roosters last week. Just be super physical through the 80 minutes. Take a couple of chances when they come. Knock them around as best you can. Stop them from from getting getting their footy on, and and who knows you can just sort of scrap your way to victory. I think that's a in the in the women's game that's a really viable path to beating just about any side. You know, if you feel like you can slow them down a little bit, if you feel like you can knock them around, if you feel like you can tr- control the ruck, that's a big one. Georgia Hale was so good at slowing down the play the ball when she made like her, I think it was two thousand tackles last week. Yep, that's right. So I I think there's a a, a really clear path to victory for the for the for the Titans. I think there's a 
there's a there's a good way to uh, there's a way that they can win that plays to all their strengths. You know, I, I had a, a chat to Brittany Braley Natai um, earlier this week, um, and just was sort of asking her about the the game plan and beating the Roosters and all that sort of thing. And she said, our game plan all year has been to play finals footy every week, and that might not be flashy or you know have heaps of points in it, but it pays off at this time of year. Because she goes, we've been practicing this style every single game this season. And we haven't blown teams off the park, but we've sort of grounded out every time. And I thought that was really well observed because that is kind of what they've done. And we were a bit slow to sort of recognize them as premiership contenders because they weren't blowing Mm. the doors off bad teams the way that we expect. But now in hindsight, you're like, well, it makes a lot of sense. And they come to this point and they're battle-hearted and they know what their style is and they know how to get it going in the biggest games of all, you know, I think it's a really good sign for the Titans that they have so much like big game experience, like players mm. who have played on big stages. Zavania Polite's won a gold medal. Jamie Chapman's played origin and Jillery's footy. Lauren Brown's won heaps of grand finals. Shannon Mato has been around forever. Braley Nalo's played in grand yeah. finals. Georgia Hale's played forever. Steph Hancock has been playing at the top level for 20 years now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a team filled with, with like real experienced hard-nosed performers who know how to get things going when it really, really matters. So that's why I think the upset's on. I think things are, I think things are, are, are bending towards the, the Titans in this one. I think they can take them down. Yeah. Um, I absolutely agree. I was going to tip the Titans as my big upset, but uh, you've done it, but we're on, but we're on, we're in sync for the second time. We're both going Broncos into Titans. It's a Queensland double for me as well. I think that just with the way they played last week, they are so confident at the moment. And, you know, if they showed last week that the Roosters weren't going to overawe them, the, the Knights team aren't going to overawe them either. And there's also just that aspect of that level of hunger that you that you just can't have if you've won it before. I'm not saying the Knights aren't going to be up for it, but there's just a certain extra extra little bit of motivation you have if you if you're if you're playing for a club that's never won a premiership in any in any Toyota Cup men's women's nothing never won I mean, anything they, 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 this is the first time a Titans team will play in a grand final yeah like there's a this level is the first time the club's going to be there on grand final day that's a massive deal yeah it, it's a huge deal and the, 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 I, I'm not suggesting the Knights aren't going to be coming correct at all because this is an amazing football team and they absolutely will but there's just this little bit of extra motivation when you're representing a team and a club and a city that's never fucking won a goddamn thing and, and that can be a really powerful motivator. And I just think that that little bit of extra motivation could be enough to help push them over the top. Um, I don't Bungers, know if I have. Yeah. How many times can something <laughs> happen for the first time? Once, I believe. That's right. The That's so, what they say. Yeah. And I don't think they have the firepower to go with the Knights in attack, but they may not need to. And I'll tell you what else, Nicholas. I was just looking at the weather for tomorrow. And when this game kicks off, do you know how hot it's going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be hot as hell. It's going to be 34 degrees when this game gets warm. Bit, Bit the, warm. The temperature is basically, I'm looking at the thing now, the temperature literally is peaking as this game kicks off for the day. So how can the temperature peak at four o'clock? Well, that's, it's, it's, a bit, it's like just before four, it's like three something on this little line. So yeah. Um, going to be stinking hot for this whole game. It doesn't go below 30 until about seven o'clock. So oh, that I think rough. is going to favor the team that wants to drag this out, slow them down. Get just in the slot and their way through and slop it up. I don't think it lends itself to, and maybe we should have talked about this a bit more with the Broncos, by the way, although it will be a little bit cooler at that by the time, you know, seven. I, think, I mean, I think that favors the Broncos because I think is the more, oh, that's true. The, they're game, all... the more it favors them. Yep. They're, and they're probably more used to the heat as well. But uh, 
Gets no, cold gets in Penrith. Hot, gets hot out of Penrith. Gets man. cold and hot. It, <laughs> yes. Actually, the hottest I've ever been actually was when I went out to Penrith for a mate's birthday, like I think last January, and it was like honestly, it's like it's, it's forty-eight like the degrees. Or something. It's it's just, how like... do people live out there? Because <laughs> the footy team's good. That the footy team is good. That is true. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll take the Titans. I'll go with. I'm going to go with Jamie Chapman first try, and um, I'll go with. You know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll go with. With uh, Georgia Hale, man of the match. Yeah, so we've What's the medal so called? Much... Sorry? What's the medal called? The Karen Murphy medal. It is the Karen Murphy medal. Karen okay. Murphy's coaching the Titans. Yeah, that's the best part. I know. She's, she's, I think she's already said that she won't present it if, if, if a Knights player wins, which, fair enough. No, we've talked mainly about the Titans it. in this preview. Um, but, of course, the Knights dazzling attacking footy. Tamika Upton's the best player in the world. She sure Combined is. so well with Jesse Southwell. Upton's added strings to her bow. This season, she's quite. She's the sort of player who can almost win a game on uh, on her own. But you know, I, I I wonder, like the the Knights conceded. You know, I think it was twenty six points against the Broncos last week against a Broncos team that they probably should have handled, especially when you consider that the Knights were up eighteen nil after about thirty seconds. You know, I, I I would have thought that they have the firepower to really really go on with that, and that because they do love racking up scores, they do love playing open, expansive, attacking footy. But while their playmakers are so strong, I I do think the Titans are going to be able to get them in a little bit in the middle of the field. Caitlin Johnson, of course, has had a fantastic season. She's the Knights' best forward. But I think Hannah Southwell is still finding her way back from that from that knee injury. And while Taylor Predabon is effective, I think the Titans are going to be able to have a more sustained effort in the in the middle of the field. A, a place I think the Knights would look, would uh, do well to attack a lot is through Yasmin Clydesdale's edge. Mm-hmm. I think she's probably had her, her best season in an RLW. I think she's becoming much more sophisticated as a runner with her footwork. And she's become the sort of player who doesn't just run good lines, but who can sort of adjust the line she's running as the ball's coming into the air, like the best back rowers in the world can do. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Knights really, really uh, sweat on her as much as possible. But I do think the Titans are going to get them. I'll say the Titans get them 24-20. I'll go Karina Brown, first try scorer, and Lauren Brown as player of the match because I think her kicking game is going to be so important. I think she's really blossomed this year, moving to the halves and sort of taking on more of an organization. I think she's mainly playing hooker at the Broncos, which she was good at. I think she played hooker for Queensland and hooker for Australia and all that, but halfback's a spot. And as a former um, I think she was a junior W League player. She might have been played a little bit of W League in, in, in the past. She's got a really good boot on her, and I think that's going to really, really be important for the type ty- style of footy the Titans want to play. So yeah, that's 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 what I'm thinking. Gold Coast forever. Yeah, hang on, she did play in the W League. Uh, two games for the Brisbane Roar, nine games for the Newcastle Jets. Played under 16s for Australia in soccer. And there is one more game to preview. I don't know the, much. The, the main game, some, some are saying. Some are saying this. One twenty pm the Grand Old Club against East Tigers, who apparently are not called that anymore. No, they're called the Brisbane Tigers in an effort to uh, try and get into the NRL, even though the NRL's already got a team called Brisbane and already got a team called the Tigers. But not a team called both. So That's true. Yeah, could be. Um, Blake Taft's last game for South. It's going to be an emotional day for me. But... Um, uh, I, I don't know anything about the East Tigers. I know that they've got a few Storm players in their team. George Jennings, Riley Jacks, Jonah Pezzett, all playing. Um, What do you want to say? Uh, Joey Chan's on the bench. Marion Seve's on the bench. All your favourites. Talked about this before. The state championship, to me, is 
good in good on paper doesn't work in practice because the teams don't care. The teams don't care. And that's okay, right? Because the teams care about winning their grand final, right? And they won their grand final last week. So this game against a team they've never played before in front of a half-empty stadium after they've been on the piss for three days. Yeah. Of, of course, it's going to be tough for them to get up for it. And there's, there, there have been, there have been extenuating circumstances. There's been some really good games in this one. Like I think back to the, the Northern pride in 2014, one of the great days of your life or the Ipswich jets getting up the the year after the Ipswich jets had a lot to prove. They wanted to prove that their style of footy could work against, against a, a team filled with NRL contracted players, you know, or I think about the Newtown Burley game in, in 2019, where I think both teams were just hung over enough to make it a contest. Mm. But for the most part, this game is usually a smash up. You know, the Panthers beat Norths last year, 44, 10. I remember the, you know, I think it was the, that dragons team that had drew Hutchinson in it, that absolutely beat the shit out of yeah. someone in 2016. Four of the, four of the last five state championship games, the NRL side has won and scored more than 40 points doing it. Ah, You know, okay. like it's just, it's 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 just difficult to get up for this game, and because it's difficult to get up for it, the team that's got more NRL contracted players, so that usually means they're in better nick. They invariably go on to win. You know, it could be a little bit different this year because the Tigers, East Tigers, um, their grand final was two weeks ago, so they've had some time to sober up. South was only last week, and they were probably on the pistol Tuesday. But I don't think that's going to make enough of a difference. You know, East Tigers, while they did so well to to win that premiership. I talking to people who know a lot more about the Q cup than I do. Um, the Tigers got a little bit fortunate with some of the, with some of the scheduling. Um, they were playing against a couple of teams who had a lot of players out because yeah. NRL teams were resting players down the stretch. They were sort of a team who kind of got a, a, a good run through the finals, peaked at the right time. And then were, were, were strong on the day against a good, Burley team, but they're not a standout Queensland Cup champion type side. Yeah, you know? the only thing I heard from people was that Brisbane Tigers probably weren't the best team in Queensland this year. Yeah, they? but they were the best. They were the best team in the final series. They were the best That's team right. when it really mattered. But in a game like this, where you're not getting up for it emotionally, where it, it re- mm. everyone really kind kind of flattens out and does regress to the, the the talent level on both teams, it really does favor Souths. You know, they've got. Uh, Dion, they've got uh, Footy Dean, New South Wales Cup player of the year. They've got Blake Taff, who's a first grader playing reserve grade. You know, they've got Shaq Mitchell, who at this level really, really dominates. They've got Pete the Greek, who'll end up being a first grader. They've got Talis Duncan, who will not play at this level again for a long, long time. I think mm. just too much quality. You know, it's and a I, lot of, I think a lot I think I think, I think South is going to probably blow them out a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, yeah, it, it's weird. It's it's tough for me to get up for this, but it will be nice to see the boys on grand final day. And Blake Tharp deserves a send off. Um, it's fine. I was looking through the like the Wikipedia page for this, and it's got like the team and then the suburb that they're from. So like Penrith Panthers says city, Sydney suburb, Penrith, etc. And um, the you know South says Sydney and then Redfern, blah blah blah. The Newtown one for some reason says city, Sydney, and then suburb, Marrickville. Yeah, that well, Henson Park technically is in Marrickville. I don't like that. I don't like it either. The Newtown Jets, the Wikipedia cops. Maybe I could. Well, I mean, you don't have to. You just change it yourself. It's the beauty of Wikipedia. How long till some nerd changes outside source? How long till some nerd changes Marrickville Newtown back to Marrickville? If I change it right now, I don't know, dude. I don't want to get caught up in Wikipedia wars. I think there's better uses of our time, Mm, like getting out of here and having a beer. Well, I was going to say by telling each other that Joey fucking Chan is on the bench for the East Tigers. I think I did mention that. 
but well, let's mention it again because he's, 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 he's the official he player of the show. Is he leaving? Yeah, he is. Where's he going? I don't know where he's going, but he's going and Jack Howarth's going. That was weird because that was on that, we saw it on that banner in the first It was on a banner. It was on a banner at their last home game. Last home game. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, lads. It was like that, because Jack Howarth, I believe, has 12 years left on his contract. Yeah, yeah, but it just never seemed to work out the way that they wanted. I tell you, if the the Raiders are looking for an edge forward, I'd love it if they looked at either one of those guys. Or both. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Pezzett's playing for East Tigers as well. He's another player with a really big... First grade teacher, if they are to pull off the upset, they need guys like him and Riley Jacks to really step it up, you know, to really pilot them around the park, really kind of lift them in attack as best they can. But I just think South Sydney got too much for him, especially in the forwards. You know, the the Q, the Tigers have got, you know, a lot of very solid Q cup men, but they're playing against guys who are going to be legitimate first graders if they're not already, you know. So going to be South Sydney by plenty, I would think. Yeah. All right. Uh, would you like to say anything else before we get out of here? Um, I just hope I hope everyone has a really great grand final day. I think it's mm. the best day of the year. It's my favorite day of the year. I hope it all works out for everyone the way they want it to. I hope if your team's playing, they run out there and they make you proud. And I hope I hope you have as much fun on grand final day as you possibly can because these are the these this is what this this is what it's all for. This is why we this is why we do it. You know, this is why we watch all the games. This is why we put up with our teams in the bad times. This is why when every time you think about giving up, you don't actually do it. You do it in the hope that days like this will one day come around the corner. So to all our Panthers fans, all our Broncos fans, all the Titans fans, all the Knights fans, even the Bunnies and the East Tigers fans, mm. I hope everyone I hope everyone gets what they're looking for on grand final day. That's the day when dreams come true, and I hope yours does. Speaking of not giving up, I did have to clarify yesterday that my mate was going to the West Tigers luncheon and not the assisted dying conference. And he <laughs> thankfully did confirm he was going to the West Tigers event. So, good. Yeah, I can't wait, mate. It's going to be a great day tomorrow. Hopefully it's not too hot during those early games that we can see some some free-flowing footy. And, yeah, very keen for this main game. Um, I haven't, I've been to a grand final since 2019. Um don't remember what happened that day. Nothing eventful, I'm sure. <laughs> so, oh, the Jets won the state championship. That's right. After that, everything is redacted. That's right. It all falls into a haze. Okay. Before we get out of here, thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com forward slash anywhere because you get an extra show every week, access to our Discord server, merch discounts, entry to next year's Coltrane Cup. And uh, Nick Cantham will text you after the grand final about a player of your choice from no no no, no. A player, I choose the player a player I from your player. club that he from chooses. your club I choose it mm, that's right thank you too Chris Abnell Dave Rocky and Rafi Stu Wayne of the Old Coot Alex Sergicomi Broncos legend Adam Reynolds Bruce the Pom Butsy C1 C12 C14 C15 Walk of Shame Super Team Chewbacca Snuffleupagus Dan Cullinane do it for Scott Minto Doc Hogg an anonymous backer Ed Burton formerly of the lower tiers future Clive Churchill medalist Billy Walters I also went to school with Bungard I am that Bungard could not be happier for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey I've got a blank space in my fantasy team and I'll write your name Jason Joe Joel Wrigley John Josh Brandon kicks ass out of the comp Lachlan Hancock Ladrick lifelong Dolphins fan Lou I just want to tell how I'm feeling <laughs> Taylor make you understand never Never gonna riff you up. Never gonna lend you down. 
Luke Charles Smithmore, Mads, Taylor's version, Man, Haas, Toto, Drinkwater, Matthew Duggan, Michael, sitting around and naming Patreon names is the finest thing a person can do. It's literally my favorite thing to do in the whole world. Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my ding ding dong is hard and I'm sad. Never trendy, Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Seagull in Vegas. Six more songs. Six more songs. Storm fans know how the rest of the comp feel now with this grand final appearance. Dry spell tie. Thank you too. Chris Avnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi Stew, the black vegetable. The Kevolution will be euthanized. The outro music is a vibe on 1.75 times speed. These white slippers are albino, African, endangered rhino. Thor, Tom Hardy, was and Westlife's podcast and the Pasco fiasco. Damn, good stuff. I got Rick Rolf in our own uh, in our own <laughs> Patreon shout out. I think I nailed that. No big deal. Oh, I like that one. That was clever. Is Taylor May going to play next year? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to play in the centers. He's bulking up, man. I saw him at Panthers training the other day. He looks like a fucking bench press or Razorback. Big boy. They, they do good conditioning work. He's getting, bro, he's getting close to Hoss territory. Oh, wow. That's how big he's getting. Jeez, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to mess with him. Bro, fucking jacked. All right, I'm going to go carpe some DMs, etc. And uh, I will be back with uh, the Slayer Brain Grand Final tomorrow. And Nicholas, I'll see you then. I'll see you guys on the other side. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>